One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sometimes in life we encounter people who teach us things we never knew we needed to learn, who offer a perspective that forces us to reevaluate our outlook, and who humble us with their innate wisdom and kindness. Sometimes, though, we also meet people who offer us none of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, Flats and Shanks. Not have to put it on airplane mode anymore, mate. Moved on, have we? Hello, and welcome to this weekly episode of our podcast. I do the intros. You did it once, and it was terrible. Well, I'm doing it now, mate. I'm All the right. techie. All right. Um, I'm Tom Shanklin. I'm David Flatman. Hi, Dave. All right, Tom. How are you? All right. We're here at the Celtic Manor. Yeah, your second home. Again, thanks to Dylan Matthews. Yeah, Dylan, good guy. Shanks, you just send a text, and the hotel becomes your lobster, doesn't it? Yeah, it's home from home, mate. This is a bonus podcast, isn't it? We didn't think we were going to do this one. No, we didn't. We didn't, but there's so much to talk about, isn't there? Oh, Tommy. So much, there's just so much demand for it. I mean, at least three people have tweeted me. Yeah, I know. Well, before we get into uh, the Lions result the weekend, what have you been up to? No, what have you been up to? Um, well, I've been to La Manga. Oh, yeah. The Rugby Classics Golf Tournament. How many former players are there? I reckon there's probably about 25 went. Okay. Um, Decent crew. Leonard was there, wasn't he? Leonard was there for a day, yeah. Turned up late for the bus. Standard. Waited 15 minutes for him. That's the no leopard. No one said a word. That's apart, the leopard. No one said a word, apart from my mate Jimmy Rainbow, who didn't know who he was. Yeah. Le- uh, Leonard gripped him. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, that was a good trip, mate. It was a good trip. We raised, quiet? Raised over, yeah, really quiet, obviously. Raised over 150 grand. Wow. I know. Awesome. Who was your roommate? Uh, Andy Powell. Oh my God! No, he's on good. He was on good value, mate. Um, although Mark Regan was banned, wasn't he this year? Yeah, Ronnie was banned for language and behaviour. Yeah, it's quite something to get banned from a trip like that. Well, I nearly got banned, mate. I nearly got thrown out of the hotel. What for? Oh, well, you were throwing plant pots, weren't you? No. Well, we book it through um, your golf travel. My golf travel. Your golf travel. Yep. And one of the guys who works them come up to me and said, "Oh, Tom, you know the general manager has asked you to leave the hotel." I thought, you what? I said, yeah, you've been, um, you've 
he'd been recognised as throwing plant pots around the hotel reception at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was going, what's it mean, mate? And my bottom lip starts to go. Quivering start, a bit. Yeah, I start to think, oh no, I'm gonna get thrown, where am I gonna go? Um, but what happened was Andy Powell rearranged some plant pots in reception. So he actually took them out of the uh, plant pot. Yeah. By the, by the stem or what do you call it? Oh uh, yeah, stem will do. Yeah. yeah, lifted them out. Yeah, okay. Out of the pot, put them on the floor, rearranged yeah. a few. Okay. And I was room with him. So he's got his own ideas on landscaping. That's what yeah, we're saying. Fen Chi, is it? He's a creative. Quiet. Yeah. And the guy thought it was me. Well, the hotel reception thought it was me because I was room with him. So yeah. my name's probably at the top of the uh, top of the room. Most list. wanted list. And he asked me to leave. So when he found out it wasn't you. Uh, no, so then Paoli and Peter Scrivener, who organised the trip, and the guy from Your Golf Travel, yeah. went over to the general manager, had a chat with him. Said, listen, Beth. Yeah, well, Paoli went over. Don't throw me out, Beth. In, in a pair of swim shorts with no top on and flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still shredded? And they, and they smooth, yeah, he's, he's all right, mate. And they smooth things over. But, yeah, we spend a lot in their bar, a lot yeah. in their restaurants. Just to make up so, the difference. Yeah, I think they overlooked it. But it was a very good trip, mate. Oh, well done. Yeah. You had a nice time. Trip. Yeah, got back. And then I was actually here this week. I played in the um, co-op golf day. Oh, did you? So co-op have an annual golf day. Here at the Celtic. Here at the Celtic Manor. They yeah. reserve two courses. Yeah. Quite a few boys. There's a lot of footballers, a lot of ex-footballers, a lot of, a uh, couple of ex-rugby players were here. Tim yeah. Stimpson, Charlotte Britz, oh, Paul yeah. Sculthorpe. Scully. Yeah, uh, but it's really good, mate. They're real good format. We played golf, and then we had a big dinner after, and walked into this dinner with a big stage, and big, uh, big backdrop, and there was like eight ergo rowers on the platform. Like indoor rowers. Yeah. So what they did was every table had to participate in different, um, different challenges. Yeah. So they had a reaction challenge. They had a um, skipping challenge. They had a rowing challenge, obviously. So nominates on your table. To what was the rowing time. challenge? The I think it you did that because you're strong. The rowing challenge was row as far as you can in a minute. They're all linked up to a screen. Mate, that is savage. Yeah, that so is I'm, absolutely savage. So I'm there, like in my. By the way, to our listeners, if if a minute is flat out as far as you can go on a on a rower, sounds easy because it's only a minute. Have a go at gold medal pace. It is savage. I was in like skinny jeans, Patrick Cox shoes. Oh, standard. And. Uh, and a shirt and I had to row against eight other rowers and I was started off like obviously strong and then I was knackered right and, he, and all I could do was 35 seconds to go oh man gone um, but I won it I won it did you? yeah nice one how far did you go in a minute? 3.30 that's decent mate is it is alright? that's good but then I had another eight rowers on and then after it's not as good as I could do another eight yeah. rowers and after yeah um and then they had another eight rows and after that, Paul Scothorpe was in that. Yeah. Guess how far he rode? How far? Three, five, five. Wowzers, that's punchy. Yeah. He went for the technique though of um, pulling it up, you know, just to your sort of boob level. Boob level. To your pec level. So I was going down to stomach. He was going up a bit higher to chin. So yeah. learn a bit from that. He Live must do CrossFit. He must do CrossFit. Um, well, I'll tell you. Before I, th before yeah. I forget. Yeah. Guess where I am tomorrow. Ronan Keaton's golf day. Are you? How are you there? Um, are, you, are you his favourite player or something? Big mate of mine, Mike Tyndall, asked I want to go. Oh yeah? Yeah. Just want to hear him say, 
sing it's amazing apparently he does every time you see him every really? time he says hello to people he sings that for you he just sounds like sean connery though doesn't it if you do try and do a running keaton impression it just sounds like sean connery yeah he does yeah book fell on my head a book fell on my head <laughs> and all i've got to blame is myself piss <laughs> off mate old ones always the best aren't they yeah probably it's why, all, I, lost, probably why I lost my job in the nursing home <laughs> You know, Ollie Barkley's bought a nursing home in Bath. He's knocking it into 14 flats. Is he? he didn't kick the oldies out. They're already out. The okay. building was for sale. But he's, a, he don't, he's turned property developer, property tycoon. All right. But, um, yeah, I know this. I just, I know this because uh, Matt Perry was going to get involved and all that. And um, I had this incident with Matt Perry at the end of last week. And great boy, Matt. And he, he loves a beer every now and again. And he has been known to pop out for a takeaway and stop off for... Uh, nine pints on the way home you know and bring the takeaway home at three in the morning <clears throat> excuse me and um he he's had a bit of trouble with his he's got a lovely girlfriend becky she's absolutely lovely and you might have met her she's great fun probably and she's started to get a bit sick of <laughs> yeah probably she's started to get a bit sick of pez going out on the pistol by the way i've texted pez and asked if i could tell this and okay. he, do, he don't give a monkeys mate he's like hey do what you want he's got so, a monkey yeah he's got a monkey yeah bubbles bubbles cheetah yeah. so he goes he went out on it was Thursday night and he came back it was only like midnight or one in the morning but he was smashed you know and he had way too many and Becky lost the plot and said that's it I'm out I'm yeah. out so the next morning he wakes up downstairs and she's not too happy and he's, she's like right you're I'm going because it's Pez's flat I'm going and that sort of stuff and they're, they're laughing about this now by the way so you can, that's why we can talk about it yeah. and he's like right give me another chance I, you know I'm meant to be going out tonight I won't go out tonight get our favourite um, go and get our favourite meal so she's escargot is her favourite meal and there's, okay. a, there's a fish factory in Bath fish workshop where you go and get nice fish so he goes and gets like these escargot these snails and garlic in town whatever they're going to bloody eat I know Ming and um, so he's going back and then he goes past and sees Eddie Mack who's a mate of ours from Bath who does stone and granite great fella okay. and he goes back and sees Eddie Mack outside the Saracen's Ed we're walking back through town is he mates with Annie? yeah yeah, yeah he is yeah. he's mates with Big G. he's mates with Ronald so he sees Eddie Mack walking back through town. Eddie's like coming in for a pint and he goes, no, 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 I'm in the, I'm in the doghouse. I can't do that. And yeah. so he's like coming for a half and Pez is like, right, I'll have half a pint. I will have half a pint of lager, you know? So anyway, he stays in there and has a shitload of booze and gets smashed. Yeah. And he's got this bag of food still, these, you know, snails and vegetables and garlic and stuff. So he's wandering home and as he's getting back up, he's got this gate, he lives in the middle of Bath and he's got this gate like, it's like a rat the old gate so he opens it and obviously Becky hears him open the gate and she he can see, he can hear her got these wooden stairs hear her coming down the stairs and she's already shouting like in the hallway you bastard you're an idiot because she said I'm leaving he said give me one more chance yeah and she opens the door and while, she, while she's opening the door he's ripped open the bag of snails and thrown them all on the floor she opens the door to scream at him and he's looking at the snails saying come on we're nearly home come on we're nearly there <laughs> You having that or not? <laughs> That's payback for the crows, that is. <laughs> with, the, with the lorries. That's payback, that is. Did you think that was a real story? Yes. 
<laughs> Peasant Becky are doing I, just I fine. I started to think maybe he was like thinking on his feet. Uh, <laughs> do, you want, do you want a good technique is? Is if you're coming home like late yeah. and you don't, you don't want to be caught, is to take all your clothes off, yeah. at the door, get naked, walk up the stairs backwards. Yeah. So she hears you, opens the door, you just pretend to walk downstairs. Just going to drink, love? Thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> to bed be up in a minute <laughs> love you <laughs> oh. Oh, I've got to put the dogs out what, what have you been up to then oh mate 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 boy mush don't you, um, wish, don't you wish we had like accepted all those numerous invites for lions and gone now no <laughs> do you well we didn't have any invites oh you speak for yourself I had an invite but I, I, gen I love the lions I genuinely didn't want to go Mm. Jeremy didn't want to go. If there's loads and loads of cool work, I'm not a lion, so which is fine. I would I wouldn't have been pestered like you might have been out there. But do you know what? Fifteen hackers a day would get a bit boring for me. But anyway, I've um, I thought I thought things would just cool right down at the end of the season, but it hasn't quite worked that way. It started this week has been really chill, but last week was it was one of those days where you look like a sales rep because you got six shirts, all your jackets four pairs of trousers you know and a two suitcases and you're leaving home for I had six six days away and I think it was six hotels and six nights which a briefcase a briefcase yeah did you have a briefcase no not a briefcase not no. Real man bag then. man bag so it was well if you can hear people behind us it's just hotel staff Shanks is giving them evil so it's not even staff mate it's just some random guy on his mobile trying to ruin our podcast well let's lob an ashtray at him Don't give him the finger um, so yeah that was that was you know if you Shout to him, Shanks. Can you say something aggressive on air so people can know what you're really like? Shh, shh, twat. Um, so I did a, I did a, I did punditing on the semi-finals, the under twenty world, under twenties oh, yeah. World Cup. I commentated on the final of that, which was fascinating. A couple of the England guys did really well, but ultimately Ben Earl the seven was really, really good. Anyway, a couple of the guys played well, but the New Zealand under twenties were just jokes, and they they hammered England, absolutely hammered them in the yeah. final. They were brilliant. The hooker was just, ju I mean, just ridiculous. He could play All Blacks now, no problem. Um, I did a couple of dinners, um, one of which I'll concede uh, was a lot further away than I thought. It's one of those ones where you think you're going to Oxford and you end up in Norwich. Yeah. Um, like Alan Partridge, I thought for some reason I was going to Hertfordshire, I was actually going to Cheshire. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't know what, but it was fine, it was absolutely fine. But he had a good, yeah, loads of fun. Did a thing with you, didn't I, on the Thames? Yeah. Uh, good, so went out on the Thames on the riverboat with a mate of mine who's. Commercial, commercial property but he had a Lions event for loads of mates and clients and stuff and we went out on the boat myself, and you, Mike Tindall Matt, Matt Perry, Perry and Matt uh, Powell Matt Powell hosted yeah. so it was, it was actually that was a good day it was a day. lovely day wasn't it yeah and you had to shoot off to go to La Manga but I was I stayed overnight so I was there in, on the sort of terrace bar to about half nine ten and yeah. went in and got my eight hours hence looking fresh but it was that I did a few things that week it was a, it was a long old week but it was it was nice tell you what we did do was um, I did a Land Rover day on the Saturday in, in Docklands yeah. and I hosted a Q&A with some sailors but one of the sailors was Sarah Ayton who is double gold medal winner yeah I know she's one of the she's one of the three blondes in a boat yeah woman yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and two of the academy lads who were just wicked lads are so bright and anyway there was loads of cool stuff going on but mainly there was um, Land Rover wherever they have Land Rover sort of presence they a Land Rover day or whatever an area they have a really good they have like one of those um, you know like the caravans that are made of 
steel, the American looking ones, yeah. what are they called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah. Air something. Anyway, have one of those and they make Jordans. really, really nice burgers and coffee. Yeah. So, but I know also, exactly what you mean. But Sarah, they have these mini Ben Ainsley racing catamarans and Sarah Ayton, who's like, you know, double Olympic champion. Woman. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Takes out my little girl, gives her a sailing lesson, a sailing lesson one-on-one on a catamaran. It's oh, awesome. Nice. And when she needed a wee, she just put a life jacket on, chucked her in the water, dragged her back out and carried on. So, you know, really, really cool. Oh, nice. So, yeah, but this, this week has been pretty chill. So I've been doing quite a lot of barbecuing. I've been lunching and dinnering. I've been kind of lazy. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to Ibiza this Wednesday, mate. Oh, lovely. Six days in Bifa. Quite weekend, yeah. Oh, man, I'll be hitting it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So odd. Oh. So we're going to talk about some rugby, and there is only really one game to talk about, which is nice. I know. Shouldn't take us too long, should it, boy? No. Um, the Might Lions, be. I know it's 30-15, but I'm just going to come out there and say it. I'm gutted to say it, but it's true. Lions got drilled in the first test by the All Blacks. I know, again, the scoreline doesn't look like they got drilled, and some people have said that Reese Webb's score at the end better represented the match. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they were quite handily beaten, don't you? The try at the end was a good try by Reese Webb. Yeah, he, looked, he, lo- he looks really dangerous. Yeah. He always is dangerous. He's looked dangerous all tour. But that score did not affect any of that game. No, no 80 minutes was on the clock when it scored. The game was already won. Um, so it's too little, too late. So I don't think you can take too much from that try. Yeah, it was a great try and it's great for him and he's a great player and I think he should start next week. But I agree. it didn't have any relevance on the actual game. Yeah. It didn't put any pressure on New Zealand. 80 minutes was on the clock. Um, but what do you think of the, the Lions' performance? I think... Um, I, do you know what? I, I was a bit... I was surprised, actually. Um, because... I think overall what I think happened is that the people are talking about the Lions finishing and the Lions forward pack and we'll get onto both of those things but ultimately I feel like both of those things were affected by 
something I didn't think would be an issue, and that is fitness brought about via tempo. Now the Lions are absolutely, no doubt, extremely fit. And if you put the Lions in a fitness test with the All Blacks, I bet you there'd be hardly any difference. But they're not superhuman, these guys, but they played at, the All Blacks played at such a tempo that the ball was so quick and they were so... So where do you get your tempo from? Well, you get your tempo from um, really, really fit, efficient support players. First of all, ball carrier ideally making any ground, even half a yard, so defenders have got to retreat. Yeah. Really, really fit, efficient support players blasting potential ball so slower rucks. down as away, rucks. So you get it all from there, but you also get it from the opposition for whatever reason, either through your work or their lack of whatever, their own deficiencies, not getting in a position to slow that ball down. It was so quick. Having said that, you still got to do something with it. And where the All Blacks really excelled for me was they got even their front five players are coming onto that ball and they're moving. There's a little bit of movement. They're carrying really hard, good body positions. The ball isn't relentlessly offloaded, but it's repeatedly offloaded. Even if it's short and it's just half a yard gain, you think, well, that's pointless. It's not pointless because defenders are having to make tackles and every single time they know they can't switch off. So I actually think the Lions were exhausted. I thought they looked exhausted they did, in that mate. game. They did. They, look, they looked exhausted going to scrums. They looked exhausted yep. having to defend for large periods. And you knew it was going to come. You knew this New Zealand attack was going to be relentless. You saw how good they were against Samoa. Lions have more often than not been able to control the tempo of games by able to slow it down. Yeah. And they just weren't able to do that the weekend. The biggest thing for me, and it, I think it's been the problem throughout the whole tour, is the opportunities which they're not creating into tries. The first opportunity was John Davis's break on second minute. Mm. Goes down the left-hand side, interlinks with Conor Murray, and I think had he not been ankle-tapped, that could have been a try. But they end up going left to Elliot Daly, gets bundled into touch. Mm. Now, Just about. Just about, nearly scores, but yeah. still not scoring with a clear break. Yeah. Um, the second one then is on the 27 minute mark. There's so a you can't call you can't call that exhaustion actually that early. No, no. you can't. But then on the 27 minute mark, there's a, a crossfield kick. Elliot Daly catches it and tries to offload to, to John Davis, and the ball doesn't go to hand. But Liam Williams is in acres of space as well. So it's another opportunity where they've got beyond New Zealand's game line. But the main ones I reckon are half time. It's 38 on the 43 minute mark. John Davis, there's a turnover ball. John Davis goes down the left-hand wing, interlinks, I think, with Conor Murray, mm. with Anthony Watson, and they go left. Nothing happens. Um, there's no space for, for Watson. Eventually, they come right, and the ball gets into Ben Teo's hands. There's Sean O'Brien, there's someone else outside. There's a lot of space. He tucks it, tries to step inside, loses his footing, and uh, eventually, they, they lose the ball. Mm. Um, it gets kicked back to Liam Williams, who links with Watson again. Watson then tries to offload to nobody, lose the ball. And then for the next sort of 10 minutes, they're under a huge amount of pressure from New Zealand. New Zealand come back, come back. And then that results in the scrum. Mm. I've not seen a team take a scrum advantage like that. You know, the ball's going for, or, uh, the, the pack's going forward, the ball's at Kieran Reid's feet. Yeah. The penalty's been won already. Everyone knows it's penalty. Yeah. And then Reed just does a magic offload. Wasn't that nice? Inside of Smith. You know, Smith draws in, you know, the, I think he draws in Farrell. And then John Davis doesn't manage to keep hold of, of Dag. Mm. And then Ioni 
in a corner for a, a left hand try. Yeah. And then there's another one, the 23-8 then, and um, they lose a line out then, I think, at the 67 minute mark, 10 meters out. They lose a the line out, it sort of goes back and forth. The All Blacks eventually clear the ball, and the Lions have to start again on the 22. So they've got another key position in the New Zealand 22. John Davis hits up off the line out, Ken Owens comes around the corner, there's some miscommunication from Sexton and Farrell, the ball goes on the floor, um, it's then box kicked, and you know Elliot Daly and Lee Williams are running back, trying to take the ball over their shoulder. Mm. It's quite a hard take that running back. Yeah, and you'd you'd hope he could take that though. The, yeah, you do hope he can take, it, but it is it is difficult. Yeah, it's a difficult one. And then you know Ioni picks up the ball. Yeah, scores in the corner. He's El Rapido, isn't he? That's it. Game over. So they're making opportunities, but they're just not finishing. And that's been, I think, uh, I think that's been common all the way through. Yeah, I, I, you know, on the subject of finishers, you know, these same guys may well finish better this weekend. But I think I don't necessarily think chopping it from another couple of guys on the tour, swapping them in, is going to make much difference. I sort of feel like it's a separate subject and it's a completely pointless point. But I was actually talking about it with my neighbour the other day, and, and I think Brendan Gallagher has actually um, made the point on Twitter, and it's a really good one. Is that if you want finishers? Well, half the best finishers, loads of the best finishers are at home. I mean, just sort of, you know, not English guys alone, but, you know, you've got guys like Chris Ashton, Christian Wade, Strettle, Abendon and Dinn's not a winger, fine, but you've got Strettle yeah. watching from France, the, you know, Ashton and Wade watching on telly, Tim Visser, who, you know, was, wasn't ever talked about, but geez, the bloke can finish. You know, I'm not saying he should be on the lines too, I'm just saying these guys are top finishers. And then you get someone like, um, like Denny Solomona, yeah. you know, we're, we're, in, we're British he played against Argentina he had an absolute howler defensively and then scored the winner do we reckon he will be rewarded for scoring that winner as readily as he will be punished for missing those tackles I suspect he won't be actually I, and I worry about him I think you've got finishers I think Watson's a good finisher I think Daly's a good finisher and mm. we've seen that um, I think they are still two of the best wingers that the British Lions have got Yeah. do you think that if the Lions kept their same 15, they would win this weekend. I'm, a, I'm, a completely, I'm going to completely contradict myself because I feel like I don't think they need to make loads of changes because you talk about getting to know each other, you're yeah. starting from scratch again if you do that. Equally, I feel like the New Zealand was so dominant in that. Not, I mean, it, they didn't rout the Lions, let's not go, but they were so comfortably dominant in a game that so many people expected to be really, really close. Yeah that it wasn't that close. And um, I think that even for pros, I think it takes, I almost feel like it would be psychologically impossible for that exact 15 to beat the All Blacks next week. I, I don't know why I think that, I just do. They've just been so soundly beaten. How do you come back from They're that? They're so positive as well. And you look at what team with a penalty to the left-hand side of the post would, would tap and go at such an early stage of the game. Yeah. You put your foot on it, you kick the points, you build a score. They tap and go. Lions switch off a little bit. Elliot Daly gets too close to Ben Teo, and Taylor scores in the wing. Similarly, so he's out of position, was he? Uh, I think a little bit. Yeah. Is that I, a centre playing on the wing? Um, no, I think he's he's going to footballer all round. But I think it's the point where you see a penalty's given, you assume that switch off. Everyone's going to go for post again. You know, they're twenty three eight up, and they go for the touchline. Yeah. You know, if they, you know, most teams would again go for points, another three points on the board, take yeah. themselves. Two, three points clear. Uh, try um, opportunities clear, but 
but they don't. They, they are incredibly, <laughs> incredibly positive team. Um, I've said it from the start, right? You're going to have to score tries against this team. And where we thought the Lions would score tries would potentially be the scrum, would be line-out drives. Mm. Peter Armani was amazing in the line-out, but that line-out didn't function when it went down to the floor. Yeah. Um, ben Teo had a good game, missed one opportunity in the second half after yeah. the John Davis break. But he gets you over the game line, he stops Sonny Bill Williams. So I thought he was great, but you don't think he's the answer, do you? I think he, was, I think he played fantastic, but I, no, I don't think he's the answer. I think if, if you want to beat the All Blacks, you've got to score tries, obviously. Um, we saw that at the weekend, we didn't score enough tries. And you need the right players in the right positions and the right situations to be able to do that. You know, I reckon had Owen Farrell been in that position um, in the second half after the John Davis break, mm. I think it would have been a try to the Lions. Um, he gets you over the game line, Tia, there's no doubt about that. He stops Sonny Bill Williams, but it's irrelevant. You know, you stop Sonny Bill Williams and you still lose by 30 points to 15. Yeah. I think you're going to have to try and manipulate defences and you're going to have to try and break teams down out wide. So you need your best ball players yeah. and you need your best creators. Um, and I've been hammered up for, for putting this on, on Twitter. You know, I, I still think that uh, Sexton-Farrell combination will work. Farrell plays 12 for England. Yeah. He plays 10 for his club, yeah. He plays 12 for England. He yeah. played 12 for the last two years. England probably been the, the best team in the Northern Hemisphere for the last two years. Yeah. He's played at 12. I've not seen him that often, if, any, if I can remember at all, playing 10 internationally. He finished off a couple of games, I think, and George went off. But he yeah. plays 12 because that one pass a little bit further out, there's more room out there, more room for him to manipulate, more room for him to place the ball. You know, there's more dummy runners. With, with Teo, with John Davis, they're robust runners, they break the game line, but we're, we're still not scoring tries. We're still, I think, off first phase, still a little bit too predictable. So I, I would have Farrell in. And you'd leave John Davis in there, presumably? I'd leave John Davis in there. I'd play Sexton, Farrell and John Davis. Okay. Because you need to score tries, mate. And Ben, think Te ben, ben, ben Teo will get you over the game line, but he won't score you tries. Do you think, do you think uh, Owen Farrell would deal with Sonny Bill as well as Ben Teo? Doesn't matter, mate. Doesn't matter because we dealt with it's irrelevant because you dealt, we dealt with Sonny Bill Williams at the weekend and that didn't work. Yeah. So, but I think, I, I think you have to be, I think you have to look at the game differently. Right? They've got, they've got Sonny Bill Williams. He takes it up. He's a, he's a good offloader. Owen Farrell's a good tackler. Um, but I think they need to work on their strengths and not worry about too much about New Zealand, but what they're going to bring and where yeah. they're going to attack and where they're going to create space. And you'd start Reese Webb at nine. I'd start Reese Webb at nine. I would actually. I think they probably won't, but I think I would. I think he's that that front five for New Zealand is such a nightmare for England. We'll talk about them more in a minute. But they're so active that England, sorry, the Lions, excuse me, uh, for the Lions. Force a habit. Force a habit for the Lions that they need to find. Yes, you're right. They need to think about themselves, not focus entirely on New Zealand. But they need to find ways to fatigue that front five because they were. I mean, they were, a, they were a nightmare for the Lions at the weekend now because they were so active. And I think Reese Webb does that because he keeps... I think Conor Murray makes breaks. Geez, of course yeah. he does. But I think Reese Webb is just sharper on his feet. And, I, and he's as muscular, if not more muscular, I think, on the break. I don't mean looking ripped. He does as well. But more muscular on the break than Conor Murray. So he needs less of a gap. But I, I also... I just think it just, just makes those forwards concentrate. And concentrating when you're knackered is tiring. Mm. So as we saw from the line scrum, I think. So I think I, I, would, I personally would go with Webb as well. Um, the forward pack was, 
was fascinating. Um, I mean, we've actually got, we've got, uh, as you can imagine, guys, we've got a, a zillion questions we'll over the last then. couple of weeks on, um, you know, from emailed in and on, but one, one of the, and, and on social media, one of the questions sent in from John Vary on email was, are New Zealand scrummaging straight? They seem to be working an angle and stepping left, or, or am I just looking for excuses? I think you probably are looking for excuses, actually. Firstly, no one scrummages completely straight. So if a loose said number one, scrummages completely straight, parallel with the touchline, the tight head can shift himself three or four inches to the left and the loose head will go pissing past him on the right. So there's always a little bit of an angle just so the bodies stay together. Yeah. But New Zealand don't cheat. New Zealand do not cheat in the scrum. They never have. Um, England also don't cheat in the scrum. Dan Cole can occasionally work an angle or he can knock a loose head down a bit. But as a rule, they just go flat out power. I've been coached by Roundtree myself. He likes flat out power because that is how you get the most power going forward. As soon as you start working angles, you mm. lose a lot of the power from your second rows and whatever. I'm being boring, but straight is just more powerful. So it, what, what I think happened, the scrum struggled. And I think that perhaps New Zealand were certainly better than you know, I and we gave them a credit for. It's one yeah. thing in the scrum. But I also think that the legs were run off the lines forwards. I think they were... I think they were, as we said earlier, I think they were exhausted. I think they're incredibly fit, but they were exhausted. Large, for large periods of that game, though, they were just defending. They have yeah. to make tackles, Knackering. get off the floor, back up. And, and because New Zealand are playing with such tempo, you can't blitz. Yeah. Because you have to drift, because you can't get yourself back in position. You, know, you, you, you can't get back off, to the line to get off it. You blitz off slow ball. <clears throat> yeah. That's what you do. Um, and even, even New Zealand were disrupted, you know. Ben Smith went off. Yeah. Crotty went off. Bowden Barrett went to yeah to fifteen. Cruden come on, and it didn't make any difference. No, whatsoever. But I but the, <coughs> sorry, the, excuse me. The, the tempo they're playing at. What what I you know the the scrum where so someone was every everyone rips into Stuart Barnes on social media um, for whatever reason. Because you don't, can because he's not on there. Can because he's not on there, and he doesn't listen to podcasts. I can tell you that. But I've always it's apart the, from it, Mars. Apart from Mars, it's the voice I grew up with. So I I must say I love Barnesy and. If I'm a minority or not, I don't care. I've always really liked Barnes, even when he slagged me off. He was right, unfortunately. But he said, you know, this Jack McGrath's been brought on to have a crack at the set piece um, when he came on from Macover in a And that first scrum, they got hammered. Yeah. And these people are ripping into Stuart Barnes for not knowing what he's talking about. That is absolutely why Jack McGrath was brought on. He was fresh, but on the tight head was Tyke Furlong, who actually did a load, load of work, but was knackered. And you lose concentrate. They lost concentration for one scrum, or actually you know, the beginning of one scrum, then it's too late to recover because you're against top internationals. Kieran Reid does a bit of beautiful stuff. Ioana goes and never in the corner. So that's concentration. But that break in concentration is brought about through relentless pressure from the All Blacks and exhaustion. And, you know, I, I think that the, the remedy for that is a lot easier said than done. But I actually think that whether you change your props or not, I've always advocated starting either McGrath or Marla. Yeah. Um, with Mako coming off the bench for impact. And, you know, there's, there are arguments both ways. <clears throat> but I think whoever, whoever starts in that front row, that front five, is given the job of absolutely ripping into the all-black front five. Every time you get the opportunity to drive or scrum, you just, what we call, just leave the ball in. As long as the ref lets you, you leave it in and you hammer and hammer and hammer away. You don't have to be moving forward. You have to put the work into their legs. And it, ta it takes me back, Tommy. When I remember playing against... Leicester at Welford Road and it was Roundtree, Cockerell, Roundtree, Dorian West, Garforth, Johnson, you know, Benny yeah. Kay, all those guys. And it was me, George Shooter and Julian White. <coughs> you were playing. 
we had a decent scrum and we were shoving people around. I'm glad you included me in there because I was about to hammer you. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like a lion's I, I remember Darren Garforth, we were, we were having a bit of a tussle and I sort of moving forward an inch, he comes back an inch and it's quite even and the ball's at the back and Dorian West is just shouting, make him scrummage and make him scrummage. And Darren Garforth's just shouting at Martin Corrie the whole time, Cosa, yeah. Cosa, Cosa, Cosa. Yes, Cosa. And they're not going forward. They're trying to, but we're strong enough to resist them. Yeah. But we're not going forward. They're flat out. Mate, it's on the halfway line. It's not even a major scrum. Every time they put the ball in, they are saying, leave it in, work them, work them, work them, work them. And Whitey and I are coming out of the scrum, and we were fine, holding our own. Yeah, 50, yeah. 60 minutes in, we are dead on our asses because we're used to blowing people away. We're not used to these long, horrible yeah, scrums. Yeah, yeah. So I think you almost set the front five a challenge. You rip into this lot, and we'll change you at half time. Take the legs out. Even at half, 45 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever change them but you if you don't put the fatigue into their legs they're going yeah. to run wind around again because at close quarters they were they were relentless and immaculate and i think they ran the lines off their feet so i said um on a five live interview that i think warbling should start right i said that because he is the best at slowing ball down he's the most physical presence as soon as he came on he was doing the, it the, the lines have got mm. in slowing ball down and i know his form probably hasn't been great but it was exactly the same in the six nations yeah he was in exactly the same situation He'd been injured, a couple of injuries. People were doubting him. He flew through that. Yeah. That's just the quality that he is. Um, he, is he is the best at a ruck menace. And not just you know, putting feet in and, and getting in the way, actually getting over that ball and slowing it down. And he needs someone like that because New Zealand are going to attack constant. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. They're the best ball players out there. That's what makes them so great is often they don't need numbers on their back, do they? No. You know, they, they are just phenomenal and it's wave after wave after wave of organised so clinical yeah. attack where they know exactly what they're doing and you need someone in there to slow that down and to break up that cycle otherwise it's just going to be backpedalling all the way mm. you're going to give away a penalty because you're in desperation and then you know all of a sudden the momentum's with, with New Zealand so Warburton for me has to start this weekend um, what about you? <coughs> Excuse me I think yeah, I mean, I, I, again, having said I don't advocate wholesale changes, I think I would consider a I'm change. Turning you. I'm turning you. Yeah, I would consider a change on the loose head. I think Mako's wonderful, as you know, and he is clearly, it's not what I think, he is clearly one of the best props in the world. But I think I just want to put some work into those all-black front five's legs, and I think I might pick Marler and tell him he's got 40 minutes, and I might, I might even pick Dan Cole. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who does your tampons? Who's your second rose? Who does your tampons? Who's your second rose? I don't get the joke though. It's not a joke, mate. Who's your second rose? <laughs> oh, do you want me to keep, oh, right, keep it yeah. going? Um, my second rows are Cruz and Itoji. Okay. With Alan Wynn. Uh, probably not on the bench, actually. I thought Alan Wynn, everyone went nuts when Alan Wynn um, okay. got the, not everyone, lots of people went nuts because he started over Itoji. I think absolutely fine. And actually, Alan Wynn was banging people in defence. He hit couple of really big hits but I think they need more menace around the breakdown as you said and Alan Wing can do that but I think that while he is very good at targeting bodies I feel like Otoji's better at targeting the ball George Cruz didn't have a great game but he is a, he's a top player and I think look at the All Blacks do they drop everyone when they have a bad game no they don't they, they make the odd change but actually they're more, I feel like with Israel Dag was in poor form a year ago whenever it was and they yeah. played him back into form or before the World Cup rather <clears throat> so you know I kind of like that and George Cruz is a wonderful player he's also a really good line out caller yeah. and he works well with Jamie George whom I'd also leave in the team 
Um, so for, for so you're not making many changes, but you, you're changing two props. No, I'm, a, no, I'm a, not. A second know, row and a back know, row, know. yeah? I'm changing up, yeah, but you... I'm, hypocrite alert. I know, oh, hypocrite warning, guilty. I, I feel like I make a few changes, but equally I think they don't have to change the props. I think they've got to change the approach of the props. Um, I think they have to go harder and they, it's impossible not to pace yourself. Yeah. When you're hanging out your ass and you're dying and your lungs are dropping out and you, and you look up at the clock and there's 18 minutes gone or 14 minutes gone, it is impossible not to pace yourself a tiny bit. You've got to get through it. It's not a sprint, but I think if they have a 40 to 50 minute mentality and they're told, I hate pre-planned subs, but they say, look, this is not, we're definitely taking you off, but this is how we want you to play. I think that could help. Um, Itoji, as I said, for those reasons, I think Falatau obviously stays. I like the idea of Sam Warburton coming in. Yeah. I thought Sean O'Brien was good actually, and, yeah. and he's a wonderful player um, over the ball, but he was kind of all the lines had. And if you think back to <clears throat> the work that, I mean, not so much now, but a couple, until a couple of seasons ago, actually, no, the last game, the last midweek game before the test, the work Dan Cole does at the breakdown, he was fantastic in that game. But think about the work Dan Cole has done in the past at the breakdown. Think about what Sim Brian similar, O'Driscoll used to do. Similar to, like, say, someone like Gethin Jenkins, who was just yes. phenomenal over the ball. Yes, what they are. But guys like Brian O'Driscoll, guys like Dan Cole, Gethin Jenkins, they're what I, I, I would regard Shanklin, I would regard as bonus breakdown players. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, they're not the guys that are meant to be good at it, they're, but they're extra. Yeah. They're picked for other reasons, but they're brilliant at that. Now, I feel like, you know, if whoever plays in the centre, so I feel like Tio and John Davis have to do more at the breakdown. They have to do. They have to work harder. They have to try and slow ball down. It's not just up to Warburton. I think the whole team has to have a focus on slowing New Zealand down when they haven't got the ball. Yeah. When the Lions haven't got the ball, slow New Zealand down because their ball was so fast. No team could live with ball that fast. No. So having I, made no changes, I'm making fifty. But I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I wouldn't be. I'd, st I'd still be happy with Tio and John Davis and say Farrell or, or Sexton at ten. Like that, yeah. that. You know. I still think that's a good setup and a good combination yeah. but I just I just reckon in my opinion that we need to score more tries mm. score more tries we need the right players in the right situations in the right positions and I think you get more out of Owen Farrell at 12 and it annoys me when people are writing off Sexton you know th this guy's done it all this guy's beaten New Zealand not many people can put their hand up and say they've done that he knows what yeah. it takes and he's probably not been on his best form but the guy's still got it yeah and it, it's hard to come on you know people uh, more people are saying you Especially know when, at when 10. more people are saying you know when Tio went off it, it didn't look as good yeah but I thought that essentially the game was already won by then you know New Zealand were in the driving seat yeah it was it was substitutions more so out of desperation behind go on and try and do something to turn this game yeah rather than you know, the, the mindset of when you're starting a game, of building a game, of working out where the space yeah. is, how to break down the team. So you've got you've got an issue at line out a little bit if you have, you know, Warburton and Sean O'Brien. He's still good yeah, he's still good in the line out Warburton. Yeah, he'll go, he'll go up all right. He's yeah. not he's not, I know Courtney he's not Laws, Peter Armani. But people are talking about maybe Courtney Law. Peter Armani was good in the line out. He didn't he didn't have the impact on the game no. that we hoped he would. Um I mean he may he may well still get a run because he certainly didn't do a lot wrong, but I but I, the people are talking about Courtney Laws at six because he's in great form and he's a line-out threat. But I, I really think what the Lions need more than what Laws brings is, you know, breakdown warriors. That's what they need. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think he's one of those. He's, you know, he's six seven. He's good at the breakdown. He turns over a fair amount of ball, but he's not Warburton or O'Brien at the breakdown. But we're both on the agreement of if the same Lions team is picked this weekend, 
they're not going to win. I agree. Liam Williams, by the way, would it's easy for us to say because we're not coaching and half pennies are much safer choice. Liam Williams, I would still select of course you at fullback. Don't, I don't care that he made a couple of mistakes. He's a genius, and, and as soon as you repick him, his confidence will reselect him. His confidence will grow. I think he's the man. He, you know, he, he makes little errors now and again. Um, he made quite a big one, obviously, trying to take that ball over his head yeah. off a turnover. But that was horror. That that counter attack. You know, two twice. Once the 90 meter try, and the yeah. other putting Anthony Watson on a nice little switch out the back door gets him over the game. Line. No one else does that on this no. tour. Stuart Hogg potentially would be another, but yeah. no one, no one absolutely frightens defences. I mean, you like could you could say that Watson might because he's very accelerative and athletic, but yeah. we just don't know. And lots of people say Watson is going to be a fullback, and he plays fullback at Bath a lot. But really, he's you know his international experiences as a winger. So the truth is, we don't quite know what yeah. he would do at 15. We just don't quite know, and it's a quite be quite a nice gamble to watch. But I think Liam Williams is he. I mean. I think you, you need as many threats as possible across the field, and he's a genuine threat. And, al- and also, you know, there'd be people out there who would say, you know, we're making breaks, we just need to finish off those opportunities and be more clinical. And for me, that doesn't work, that's it. Because to be more clinical, yeah, you're going to make breaks, but to be more clinical, you need the right players with the right skill set in the right positions. Yeah. And when you're not finishing off opportunities, that's the reason why. Yeah. So this is why I would make changes. I've said from the start, Farrell should be the 12. He's the, best, yeah. he's the best 12 and 10 lines have got, but you get more out of him at 12. Yeah. And, and he's, he's only featured there half a game, I think. Yeah, okay. And you, you're picking players for this Lions tour on their international form. You're not picking them on club form. No. No, otherwise... It'd be, I'd be going. Yeah. Ashton be going. Yeah. Steph Evans be going. You know, one of the Scarlet's when he's been... Not, on fire, you know. Strettle would be going. You, you're picking players. Abandoned would be going. <laughs> Same you're, names. You're picking players <laughs> on on how well they play for their country. Yeah. Right? Yet you're not picking them in their position. Yeah, Tommy. So. There's logic to what you say. Yeah. But I, I'm, I honestly don't know how. I don't know how the Lions do it. I don't see them doing it. I hope I'm wrong. But this was a game that I thought weather would be a big issue as well. But it wasn't. You know, it, nope. it looked dry. But then it started to rain and New yeah. Zealand's skill set was still way above. Yeah, it was, I mean, they were astonishingly good. They're ruthless. Ruthless, but they're, but they're, they're ruthless, but they're relentless. So, but by the time they get an opportunity, they seem composed. They're attacking shape when, the oppor- when a, a break is made or a turnover's uh, gained. Their attacking shape seems so natural and so mm. well rehearsed. Um, so they look brilliantly coached, but they also, they're, they just I mean again I, you know when your dad says you've got to be fitter than them you're like alright dad cheers yeah. mate we're all pros everyone's training hard every day I feel like that but it's like they, they just looked they looked so fit so full of energy I mean there are periods of play where the whistle goes and the All Blacks are hanging they're absolutely yeah, hanging of course they are but then the ball comes to them and they can produce it and they can just produce and produce and produce and they they don't have a lot of huge guys of course there are some big men out there but Joe Moody's not huge. Owen Franks is not huge. Oh. Brody Retallick is very tall. Sam Whitelock is very tall, but they're not giant men. You know, no. they're not. They haven't got massive build. They've Backy's got good Bolton's technique. Or yeah. Danny Grucox, eh? They're not. They're not beasts. You know, they're nothing like that. So Sam Kane is stocky, but not a beast. Jerome Kano is fierce, but if you see him up close, he's kind of he's a big unit. Of course, yeah, he's he is. a little bit smaller than me. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's probably six four and seventeen stone, which sounds enormous, but it really isn't. You know, um, it's Heavy just boned. just really athletic, and I feel like. 
you know, they're they're just they're, they're so good on their feet for the eighty minutes. It's, Steve, you know, Steve Hansen obviously coached Wales, didn't he? Yeah, the best coach. I reckon I've ever been coached by. Really? And we used to do things that, you know, like when you warm up and stuff, you, you have a game of touch. We used to do, say, whatever it would be, 12 on 12, but 15 on 15, but it'd be the width. So post to post would be the width. Right, yeah. And when you've got a wide, when you've got a wide perimeter like that, it just encourages like more skill work from forwards. You know, they're in space, they're ball players. Yeah. Things like that. I always remember, like, he was always on it us about you know the, the forward skills and the back skills and having that links because at the moment there's no real link between our forwards yeah. and our backs for Lions yeah um, you know we, we we scrum we drive we ruck and then it's sh- shipped out to the backs really there's not there's not that much interchange there's, there's a little bit but not as much as New Zealand I always remember yeah that was a big thing for him yeah it's interesting mm. and <clears throat> difficult, difficult to coach that over the course of a week. Yeah, but I think you've got it to work. Is. You've got to work. At, look at your strengths, and I think the the line strengths in relic comp- in comparison to the All Blacks are not there. But you have to work your strengths, and I think they do. They don't. They don't have the edge in endurance and skill. No, they do if they pick the right team and have the right mentality. Have the edge in power up front, and I feel like they just got to stop thinking about the next forty minutes and pump it into them and now. How long have New Zealand had to analyse the British Lions? Yeah. And how long have the British Lions had to analyse? Yeah, not much. One game, so Samoa. True. Yeah. And what can you take from that when you win it? When team wins seventy-eight nil, yeah, we weren't under any pressure whatsoever. Yeah. Just throwing the ball around. Ale. Yeah. I heard one Samoan shout touch, and one of the players didn't stop. <laughs> which is quite annoying. But yeah, there they are. are. They're they're um, excruciatingly good, aren't they? So we've got a load of questions for you. Um, of course we have. We're not going to do all of them, do as many as Just we can. Just quickly, Dave. All right. How do people get in touch with us? Well, it's funny you should ask, boy. Um, you can tweet at Flats and Shanks, Facebook Flats and Shanks, email contact at flatsandshanks.com. Yeah. Uh, make sure you review or us. Or ring Shanks well. on yeah. 07881. Make sure you review us on iTunes as well. Yeah, review and us. And subscribe. Subscribe. Review us. Say we're great guys. We're trying to get up the charts. Say we love the elderly. Say we're pro Corbin slash May, whatever you want. Um, so we've got some questions. Okay, first one on the email is from Francis Booth. Um, hiya, Francis. Said so, so some very nice stuff in the first paragraph. We won't repeat that because repeating praise or retweeting praise is cringy, but thank you very much. Do it all the time. Why do players who get injured on tour always go home straight away? Why don't they stay for the holiday? Why don't they stay to support the team? Is it money? Is it because the Lions are paying for their travel and hotel? Uh, or because they find it depressing because they can't play. I think it's a mixture of everything. I think if you if you get early, if you if you injure yourself early, then it's it's a cost issue, isn't it? Because you've got to keep this player through the whole of the, the trip, mm. the flights, the accommodation. You'd yeah. be swapping. You'd be bringing another player in as well to take his place. Yeah. Um, I think if you get injured towards the end, there, there's the options of staying on, but it's also quite depressing as well. I remember getting injured in '05 and. You know, you're away from all the boys. You're not involved. You're not on the bus to training. You're not involved in the training. You're not involved in the meetings. You're not involved in the food. Yeah. You know, you're just on your own. You're on your own tour. Spare part. Yeah. You're you're just chatting away with the physios. Yeah. And you don't feel part of it whatsoever. It's quite, it's quite difficult to deal with. Like, um, <sighs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's like Jonathan Humphreys said to me once: when you're injured, you feel like an elbow in a bucket of tits. good one that's a good one but yeah you just I mean I I've speaking from experience I went on, you know I've been on tour and got injured and I've got on tour injured hoping to get fit and not got fit and um, 
you know, it is <coughs> genuinely soul destroying to be out there when you know you're not contributing and you're not part of anything and you're basically ticking a box and they're paying, you're basically a food bill. Mark Regan called me food bill for four weeks. But I went out to New, I might have said this before in the pod, I went out to New Zealand and Australia in 04 with England and didn't put my, literally didn't put my boots on to train once. My Achilles was bad and it didn't really? ever got better and I was out for ages, whatever. But I never did, a, didn't do a single training session on the tour and we got pissed a lot, which was great fun. But it was, it was carnage. But apart from that, it was awful. And if I'd known I wasn't going to be fit after a week, I'd have paid my own flight out of there. It yeah. was horrible, absolutely horrible. You go into the meetings, you're an absolute spare part. So I can't think of anything worse. Can you do another question? Because I'm having a bit of a technical breakdown here, mate. Yeah, of course, mate. I'm all right. You, you're struggling a bit, are you? Yeah. Um, Marcus James. No, actually, Marcus Wagner. Marcus James Wagner. Hold on. I found one, actually. Well, hang on. I've got one now. Oh, no. Before I forget. All right. Duncan Bell. <coughs> yeah. Friend of yours. A um, former acquaintance, former teammate. Dave's secret mole? Question mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the secret um, mole of you? It's like, not a, like on Hot Shots Part Deux. <laughs> no, it's not a mole. Moles a are. Is it mole. a wart? It's a wart. Is it? It's a boil. Yeah. It's a wart. No, it's a beauty spot. Um, do you want the details? But can you just keep it clean? It's a beauty spot, and because moles are extrusive, you know, they stick out um, by nature, and this doesn't do that. It's a beauty spot. It's not a big beauty spot. It's a very little beauty spot. Okay. And it's in a, on a private area of mine. But because um, Stuart Barnes used to have a big mole on his cheek, apparently, which I can't remember, but he's had it removed or he's still got it or something. Okay. But um, Tomo and some, some of the lads used to call it, used to call my um, uh, gentleman sausage, they used to call that uh, mini Barnsey. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I used to get, take my kit off and they change them to Tomo, I'd be like, Barnsey, Barnsey, Stuart. Barnsley, Stuart, Stuart, Stuart Barnsley, Stuart. And then I remember once standing in, the, standing in a room, toweling myself down, and my, I'm toweling my back, you know, and Tomo's just sitting next to me, and he starts having a conversation with, I'll just say it, with my, uh, with my knob. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you come and take me this weekend, mate. It's like, what? You're off to Ireland, Dublin, are you, for the Leinster game? He's like, I said, what are you doing? I said, oh, sorry, man, just talking to Barnsley. <laughs> so, so a vision I've got now is of a horse's penis. A horse's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. So, um, sorry about that, listeners. Marcus Wagner. Marcus Wagner. Um, again, says some very nice things. Thank you very much. Um, what was the funniest or most brutal thing a coach said to you during training or after a match? Um, and the example he cites is when they did fitness testing uh, once in pre-season and the coach said to one of the fat players in his team, I would have timed your run, but I didn't have my calendar with me. I.e. it took days. I mean... You know, the most brutal thing a coach ever said to you. I, I quite like your 50th cap one, which you've done before on this Yeah. Part, where Gatlin said, I've never thought you were much good. Cheers. And you got off the bus. Yeah, no, good. I never thought you were great. We used to target you when uh, Wasp played Saracens, but you made 50 caps. Well done. On the bus, <laughs> boys. Amazing. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything brutal? I remember getting the... Um, I remember getting Young Player of the Year at Saracens in 99 and walking up to the stage at the dinner, I think we might have mentioned this as well, and Mark Evans, who was DOR then, he's still a friend now, he uh, saw him quite recently actually, he's a lovely man, and he, uh, as I walked up to the stage, I won, a, I, like, got give, I won a watch for Young Player of the Year, Yeah. and he's like, and this watch costs more than we've paid him all season, and everyone laughed, and he said, not a joke, and he wasn't joking, <laughs> it wasn't a great watch, but it was more than I earned when that season, I'll tell you that. Um, 
I remember Steve Meehan when we were at Bath. I played against uh, Ulster. Yeah. In Ulster, and just had a I just had a tough day against um, BJ Boat of the prop, and I played against him a few times, and was uh, generally it's all right. He's a tough guy, and some days you're good, and some days you're bad. I just struggled on this day. I couldn't I couldn't get it right, and um, he uh, came off, and he just looked at me blank face, and he just said, "Tough day." I was like, "Yeah," and he looked away. Like cheers. Yeah, I'm not playing next much. week then. <laughs> cheers, mate. <coughs> cheers, buddy. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess they're probably they're probably. Oh, Martin Hard dropped me once. He said, "You know, you're not playing at the weekend, don't you?" And I knew I wasn't because I hadn't played very well. And I was like, I just it didn't happen. And I was like, um, I said, "Why not? You were shit Saturday. You know that, mate. Not to get technical. You were shit. <laughs> so uh, have a think about it. I want to see you up for it in training today, or we're not going to put you on the bench." said you got it so you know I was just trying to whack as many people as I could in training I made the bench don't worry I got back in the team the week after but he dropped me you were shit this week shit Saturday I quite like that yeah I'm, don't muck it about I'm struggling on Twitter mate to, to download some questions so if you, you okay can, um, is yeah. everything alright over there it's um, not working boy did you see any of England Argentina I saw the first test yeah, so but the things I want to mention from that are Henry Slade's touch for the try in that. Henry Slade didn't have a great second test, actually. Poor guy. And really I just, good. I'm just glad they... I hope they just leave him in there because I think he's great and he'll grow into it. But his little bit of skill, that sort of show and go and the little chip through, jumping through, was just beautiful. Yeah. And Will Collier, lots of guys made their debuts, um, but Will Collier came off the bench in both tests and yep. he scrummed two of the... I tell you now, they are two of the hardest scrums I've ever seen at international level they were that Argentina were f in great positions fully going for England fully targeting them the second test was a five metre scrum Argentina looking to take him over and it was brutal and he didn't budge an inch I mean that was I've often watched Will Collier and thought very good technique at premiership level could he do it international level holy moly he produced that is a serious scrummaging tight head he was fantastic and sort of guy that you could build a team around. And when you bear in mind, they got big sync there as well at Harlequins. They're doing very nicely. And Adam Jones obviously doing some good work there. A uh, good win by Wales in Samoa as well, 17-15. Poor in conditions. Yeah, well, mind you, um, Samoa lost 78-0 a week earlier, so it doesn't look that good when you think about that, does it? Yeah, but you're talking about a development, um, young, yeah. inexperienced Welsh team. And obviously after 78-0, yeah. team like Samoa are going to be hurting. They, they've, they've still got some quality in there. Yeah. yeah, that's my own team. So it's a good win there. Um, Chris Richards here on Twitter. After selecting Liam Williams at 15, will Gatlin revert him to wing once back with Wales? I think that's a negative step if he does. I think we found Liam Williams' best position. Mm. Um, I found it a little bit strange actually, mate, because Liam Williams has always really been considered with Wales as a winger. Yeah. And they've always put Lee Halfpenny at 15. I think they used him once in an autumn international. So I found it strange now, coming into the Lions tour, for the first test, why he selected at 15, when every other opportunity Gatlin and Rob Howley have had, he's been on the wing. I, yeah. I couldn't understand that, because for me personally, he's a 15. He's the best 15 in Wales. I think it's all about Stuart Hogg getting injured early. I thought if Stuart Hogg stays fit, Liam Williams starts that game on the wing. But they don't rate him as a 15 in Wales, otherwise he would be playing there. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but, who, but who's kicking the points for Wales, bigger or halfpenny? Halfpenny, so halfpenny's half in for his kicking, you see. Bigger see what I mean? Break. Yeah, but halfpenny could play on the wing. He was a winger originally when I taught him everything he knew. I would have. I'd, I'd, have, have, Steph, I'd have Steph Evans, Keelan Giles, that's who I'd have. A lot of chat on 
Twitter about getting Tipper again. Yeah, there is, isn't there? I just, and I, and I must say, I do like the idea. I can't imagine him being exhausted, do you know what I mean? But I'd, He's one of the fittest blokes there is, man. Yeah, and he's so mobile, that's kind of his, that's his thing. But, but not as good in the breakdown as Sam. Yeah. That's slow in the, no, with that, Without sounding like a complete bellend, you know, you, you, you don't know until you've played against him, but just with the benefit of having played against those guys once or twice each, yeah. more, more Sam Warburton than Tipperick actually. Tipperick was harder to play against once the ball moved away from the breakdown because he is a proper nightmare because he's so, just so good. Sam Warburton at the breakdown, I played against Cardiff one night, I think it was a Sunday night at Bath at the wreck, pissing with rain, it was like 12-8 or something, whatever it was, Yeah. and come off the pitch and there are fans and like my dad was like, Warburton, Rabbit didn't do anything, didn't do anything. And I came off the game, we came off in the changing we were like, and he, he basically, you, the fans, it was in the papers, Warburton anonymous, he yeah. was come back from injury or something, whatever it was. And he was playing against Francois Lowe, Francois Lowe dominant, we came off the pitch and we were like, holy shit that guy's a freak yeah. he is so strong I think Xavier Rush was still playing I think 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 but anyway he was he was an absolute freak so he's so so powerful an interesting one for you here mate from Gavin Taylor on Twitter will George and Theo now be test starters for England Farrell would start test for England every time at 12 either no, but the, the, will he start will, will he start at 12 no, I, I, think Farrell, yeah, I think Farrell will still start at 12. Yes. I think you might see longer periods at the end of matches of Farrell at 10 and Tio at 12. So, if Tio's a test starter for the Lions, why is he not a first choice for England? Eddie Jones has what he thinks works better. And I think had George Ford... What do you Ford, think works better? I, I think if you're winning, why would you change it? And I think that Owen Farrell's distribution at 12 is really important for England, like you think it would be for the Lions. Yeah. So, um, and I... That, that's how I see it going. If George Ford hadn't quite done it in Argentina, he might have been struggling. But I, George Ford was so good in those two Argentina tests. He was yeah. so good. You cannot leave him out. And it's worked. They've won, what? They've won 20 out of 21 or whatever it is. Test, you know, they, it's working. So I think Tio stays on the bench. Equally, um, I was with Mark Regan the other night um, for me sins. And he made a really good point, if you can believe that. He said that someone Dylan, would have told him it. Yeah, he's someone else has thought of it. But he he said Dylan this summer has been the best thing that's happened to Dylan Hartley in a while because everyone's talking about Jamie George being the better player. Dylan's only there for his leadership and whatever. Jamie George goes away and starts the Lions, right? And if Dylan Hartley doesn't do what he's done in the what do you call it? In so basically, long story short, Dylan Hartley goes on the Lions ones. trip. Yeah. Dylan Hartley goes on the Lions trip. Jamie George starts for England in yeah. Argentina for two tests. He's like, Ronnie was saying, Dylan Hartley never plays for England again. This way, he's like, having missed that and been the guy there in Argentina with Jamie not playing, he's like, Dylan will now reach 100 caps or get very close to it. He's on 85 or 86 or something now. So it's like, he will now reach 100 caps. But if Jamie George has started those two tests against Argentina, Dylan would have been gone. So it's like the sympathy vote, is that what you're saying? No, it's presence it's still being there okay. and it's I don't know so I think Jamie George may well come back and be a, still on the bench for England which is amazing really. Matt Slater on Twitter who's your favourite Lord? Mike Tyndall okay calls himself the Lord I've got two Richard Lord yeah um, uh, works for Bartholomew Hawkins yep um, IFAs and Lord Vader Lord Vader yeah yeah He's Don but yeah Tin's even called you know you make your own name up on um, WhatsApp or whatever it is. Yeah. Tins is Lord. 
Um, Signs all his text, Lord. A question here from Chris Witcherly. How good Steph Evans is will become one to watch out for, mate. Yeah, he's, I really like him. If there's, if there's a player in Wales to watch out for, it's him. Reminds me a bit of DTH van der Moer, actually. Do you mind me, do you mind me saying that? No. Um, no, I'd, I'd agree. You happy with that? Yeah. A um, couple more questions. Hey, Ed Jackson's doing well. I know we're doing more questions, but Ed yeah. Jackson's doing well. All these things on Instagram. Oh, mate. Yeah, no, I Some I'm class stuff on there. Such sad news, mate, to hear about Doddy Weir. Oh, and I was only with him, you know, a few weeks ago up in Leeds. Him and John Bentley, and those two are real good mates. And then yeah. I did a bit with ben on Toss the radio was, with Ben Toss with him. Ben Toss was saying he found out and he was just crying his eyes I out. I know. Yeah. I know. Such sad news. Oh, but you mentioned it in the, in the Phil Bennett interview, mate, about the environment that he's in now and is there a better environment for support for help than than rugby and, and team yeah. sport you know they're he's one of the nicest guys i've ever met as oh, well time for you a lot you know it makes you feel welcome he's funny he's large yeah. in life um so i was absolutely gutted and i've only known him a short time people say oh he's a character he's a character if you get a chance to meet doddy weir meet him because you, you won't have met anyone like him some people that big are a bit staunch and think they're tough some people that big are a bit apologetic because they're that big yeah he is what is he like nine feet tall yeah built like a brick shit as he's massive guy and he's actually louder and bigger he's louder than he is big so tall he's a brilliant bloke and what? i i did a thing with will carling and will carling's corporate thing at yeah. twickenham for england scotland a couple of years ago and doddy weir we're doing this Q and A. Doddy Weir brings out his boots, and he wanted to do a demo. He said, "I'm going to do a demonstration of rucking, how, rucking, how the game's changed." Will, can you lie down for me, please? And he put his old boots, his size twenty fours on, and started kicking the shit out of Will Carling. It was great. Mark Telfer on Twitter wants to know: Is Scott Cornell that lively off camera? Yep. He is. He's an energizer bunny, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He loves it. Um, he's a. He is a. a we we've spoken about this, but. Wales, England, I was with him in the, I think it's actually the Scott Quinnell Suite, whatever it's called at Cardiff at the Principality Millenniumum. Yeah. And I sat with Scott and had lunch and it's like, that is, a, that is a deeply, deeply lovely man. So here's something that's really annoying, right? You know, we did this Robert Walters video, mm. uh, The Ultimate Fan. And yep. Stuart Broad comes in yeah. and does a, an incredible speech. Steve. Yeah. yeah, Steve. How come he's gone on to bigger and better things? He's on New Zealand TV. Ask us, mate. On New Zealand TV. Gone off him, have you? Yeah, massively. He's not He's on Twitter, so I can't abuse him. He's a social climber. Um, literally used us as a stepping stone to bigger yeah. things. He'd be on like Big Brother next. Steve the Knife, I call him now. Or Splash, something like that. He's out. Yeah. He'd be on the jump He's, next. Singing, he's singing Delilah on New Zealand primetime TV. Jesus. He, did have to be, he had to be brief, though. He did have to be briefed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like I, it's like I created Haskell and rescued his career. We've launched another one, haven't we? Yeah. I did a Land Rover video with Haskell and suddenly he's on the line strip winning, winning Grand Slams. It's like, you're welcome. I don't want any money for it, but a thank you would be nice. Yeah, just a bit of recognition. Yeah, by the way, I don't know if you've got any more questions. No. Have I'm you out. or not? I uh, met some lovely fellas when I talked about that um, uh, the Docklands, the Land Rover day at Docklands with Sarah Ayton. It was really, really cool. One of the guys helping out on the day was um, a rugby player in a big old unit and he was talking a lot about some friends of his who were firemen at the uh, Grenfell Tower in London. Oh. And obviously, as bad as an experience can really get for those people, pretty close second would be the firemen who were going in there. Yeah. And it does make you think, I said it on Twitter, but what does Twitter mean, Frigg all really? But 
do feel very grateful that there are people who are willing to literally walk into burning buildings to save us and our kids. You know, it's just incredible. I saw an incredible video of the firemen being clapped out of that when yeah. their shift was over by yeah. all the residents there. Yeah, in just tears. unbelievable. And he, he had a couple of mates that were involved and were there, and I think they're very deeply affected by it. So I bet, mate. Just he, he said, give them a shout out because it's they're not, they like they're, a lot of them are rugby players and they like the pod, believe it or not. And, yeah. Um, geez, I mean, heroes, mate. Honestly, mentioning them seems almost a bit. It's not we're not quite doing enough, but um, our little bit, you know. They I, were I was amazing watching um, women. Glastonbury yesterday and uh, Liam Gallagher. Yeah. Dedicated one of his songs, "Don't Look Back in Anger." Yeah. Did you see Stormzy as well? No. He did it a bit, and he wore a Grenfell T-shirt and oh. an underground sign, and he spoke about it at the start. He got Jeremy Corbyn up, whichever way you vote and all that. I, I, I don't really like politicising stuff like that. I'm not bright enough to do it, and it sort of feels unnecessary. It feels like it doesn't help, but the message is out there. You know, it's just. It's frigging horrible. There was someone, there was someone, um, well, we're doing it now, we're politicising it, but they've, they've been given these, whatever that, whatever luxury apartment means, these people, a lot of these people are rehomed in a luxury, these luxury apartments. Yeah, saw that. And there are people saying that, you know, they don't want it to happen because the value of their apartment's going to go down a couple of floors up or whatever it is. And you just think, I mean, we all want to make a quid and all that, but you just think, Jesus Christ. Bigger things in life than Jesus that. Christ. I mean, who gives, just wait, sell it in a couple of years, dickhead. <laughs> You know, like Jesus, I let know. them in, let them in. Oh, well. Anyway, very, very, very horrible. But um, well, anyway, the firemen are heroes. They are, they are. Completely agree, mate. Um, right, so looking forward to the test on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we'll try and get another one in. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe we could do one next week or the week after. I mean, I beat. I mean, I beat the mate large in it for this test. But I'm going to try and watch it on my lappy. I'm too. going to Marbella for the third test. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god. Loving is that why you're shredding up it. at the moment and yeah. wearing your like Under Armour skins top on a Sunday just stopped eating didn't even yeah. go to the gym yeah just go to the shops like this perception yeah. isn't it perception yeah yeah so yeah we might do another pod we, we will do. definitely try <clears throat> we'll definitely try yeah that'll do that's, that's good enough isn't it yeah trying's good enough that's what people respect last thing last thing just my question um, Jack Noel at 15 this weekend this Tuesday tomorrow yeah I really like it yeah I really like it. Um, he's an option. I mean, he's he's one player. He's not quite as quick as See, Liam Williams, that, yeah. but he's a player who could do things like what Liam Williams did. I think they've I think they've chucked him on at fifteen, right, to, just to see how he goes, to see if he's a viable option to put on the bench to cover wing and fifteen and thirteen. Don't forget. Yeah, I won't forget. Don't you forget, boy. Yeah. Defensively, he's looked a bit lost at the thirteen a couple of times when he's played there. But we, we in attack, he's fantastic. We just if Fox, Foxy Davis comes off, you know, we picked him to be one of the test starters before the, the tour started because yeah. he was on that good form and after game one I was thinking no way and then after he played a second time I was thinking geez, he could still start he was, yeah. he's come right back tough bloke well, long pod mate but we've had a lot to talk about haven't we we have um, that'll do wouldn't it mate yeah alright ta-da then Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.